Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Evan, uh, thank you for joining us here this uh, this afternoon on the Western Hotline. I know that... Um you know, you are the enemy to the what to the east of us. Uh, but you know, I think a lot of people here in Buffalo are still pretty genuinely interested on what the path of the Patriots are going to be in this draft and how they're going to ultimately, you know, get better at quarterback. So uh, I figured we bring you on. We talk a little bit about it. So welcome and good afternoon. Thanks for joining us, man. No problem, Nate. Thanks for having me on. No, no, my pleasure. And uh, I guess we should start with some of the offseason moves. Um, so. Uh, tight end uh, was a position that the Patriots clearly um, prioritized this offseason, going out and getting Jono Smith and uh, Hunter Henry and, and really kind of securing the top two tight ends on the market. And I know to some Bills fans' demise, um, you know, in particular with Jono Smith, I know there was a, there was like a Jono Smith fear bunker here in Buffalo that was created because everybody really wanted Jono Smith and they were worried he was going to sign elsewhere. And, of course, he signs down the, uh, you know, just down the road in the New England. So, um, ultimately... The signings at wide receiver and at tight end, is does it really matter, Evan, based on right now if the Patriots are going to be sending out Cam Newton? And I, I guess this is more so a Cam Newton question to you and whether or not you believe what we saw in 2020 was due to the, to the weapons around Cam or whether or not it was the weapons were bad and also Cam was bad. Yeah, it's definitely a chicken or the egg argument. I think that's what we're all having here locally and, and I'm sure what they're having in Gillette Stadium. And I think that there's some support internally for Cam Newton's ability to turn things around this coming up season. Certainly what he was dealing with last year in terms of him personally coming into a new system, coming into a new team after 10 years in Carolina, then dealing with COVID Mm -hmm. during the season. There are plenty of excuses to come up for Cam Newton, right? The COVID battle, the new system in a weird season in the pandemic year, the weapons around him were poor, Julian Edelman gets hurt early on in the season, and he has to throw to Jacoby Myers and Demir Bird and Devin Asiasi and Dalton Keene, two rookies at tight end, and that's all he was working with. So we can come up with all the reasons in the world that things were stacked against Cam Newton last year, but I think what you saw with him were twofold. One, just familiarity with the system and comfort within the scheme and how that impacted downfield accuracy, timing, all those types of things that we got so used to seeing with Tom Brady being a well-oiled machine, Cam was just never in sync with all of his weapons and never in sync with the timing and the rhythm of the offense. So you would like to hope that a year, you know, kind of removed from all of that, another year of practice, training camp, maybe a preseason this offseason, and he could get up to speed in that respect. But the question really boils down to is if he is ever going to be a consistent enough passer 
down the field. And really, outside of 2015, Cam has never been a super accurate quarterback throwing mm-hmm. the ball down the field. So that's the biggest question is can he – refine his mechanics a little bit like we saw at times in the beginning of last year when he was sort of on the right track and then sort of got derailed by the COVID thing. And does another year in the system allow him to kind of get up to speed and understand where he's going with the football a little bit faster? It's a lot to ask, you know, and I'm not so sure that I'm completely sold, but I think that there is some internal optimism that Cam Newton will be a better quarterback in 2021. So let's play out a scenario, Evan, where the Patriots decide, you know, moving up is just too rich for our blood. Um, We like what we have in-house. We like like a couple of guys in the second or third round of quarterback that we think we could bring in and maybe develop long-term. Or um, Let's just pretend that's the scenario for now. Do you believe the players that they went out and got are a good fit for what Cam Newton can do? I mean... I know he, you know, for the better part of his career, always had that legitimate check down or sort of ready to go uh, weapon at tight end at Greg Olson. Now he's got probably two prime Greg Olsons, you know, maybe in terms of athletic profile and what they can do um, catching the football. And after the catch, I think both Hunter Henry and Johnny Smith are very, very good tight ends. Um, but I just, it doesn't strike me, I guess. Part of me is wondering if they surrounded, if Cam Newton's the guy, whether or not they surrounded him with the type of talent that's actually going to elevate his game. And I mean, Kendrick Bourne's a nice player, but he's a wide receiver three at best. And I think Nelson Aguilar, another nice player. But I think, again, he's sort of a situational, maybe wide receiver three at best. So although they were able to go out and spend a lot of money, especially a wide receiver and tight end, I'm not sure I look at those weapons and I say, man, this is kind of like the perfect complement of weapons for Cam Newton's game. Right, and, and the one thing I will say is that throughout his career, because of Greg Olson, because of some of the other weapons that he had in Carolina, he was at his best, I would say, attacking between the numbers, mm-hmm. right? Throwing the ball between the hash marks and, and throwing the ball on the outside was never really his strength. But last year what we saw was that throwing the ball down the field, you know, throws of 15, 20-plus yards down the field, Cam was a lot better on those types of throws than he was on the short underneath stuff. And, and maybe they wanted to get a little bit more vertical. So now you have Hunter Henry, Johnny Smith, and Nelson Aguilar, who's got some speed. you got those guys running up the field. The tight end's obviously running up the seams and over the, across the middle of the field and things like that. I guess maybe they feel like that's a, a decent fit with Cam. And then the second thing is, is you're going to run, you spend $24 million a year combined on Hunter Henry and Johnny Smith, so you figure you're going to be running a whole lot of 12 personnel yep. with two tight ends on the field, and that allows you to run the football, right? And you can run the football effectively, and we all obviously know what Cam brings to the table mm-hmm. as a runner. Still, last year was a really effective runner for the Patriots, even if he wasn't a very good passer. So I guess in, in theory they could be sort of a smash-mouth run-first football team again, and then use play action and other kind of misdirection to get those tight ends up the field and have Cam throw some easier passes up the field. But, again, you know, Robert Kraft, he spoke a couple of weeks ago during the owners' meetings, the virtual owners' meetings, and he said we need to find a long-term answer to the quarterback position. That's the number one question in our organization right now is where are we going at quarterback? It's, it's everybody's question on everybody's mind and probably one of the most popular questions to be asked right now across the league is nationally. So where are the Patriots going at QB? I, I still don't think that Cam Newton is what they think is going to be the answer for the next three to five years, right? I, I think that they truly feel that they have to find somebody through the draft 
solve that problem, whether it's in the first round or it's in the third round. I, I guess that remains to be seen. But I, I don't feel like they built this offense for one year, five and a half million dollars of Cam Newton, right? They, they really are thinking about this offense from a big picture standpoint with somebody down the road. I, I don't know if they have somebody particularly in mind, and we can talk about a few guys in this particular draft, but at some point they're going to pull the trigger on the next quarterback. How much do you believe, Evan, you know, if this team ultimately decides, and maybe you could tell me none, but I wonder from afar, right, I, I would say the speculation has to be Bill Belichick probably didn't particularly like the way that people around the league, the media, were talking about the Patriots last year, that it was pretty obvious that without Tom Brady, that roster just was not a it just wasn't a competitive enough roster and Tom Brady covered a lot of that up and therefore people started to make the connection okay well I guess we know who the guy that was running that organization was it was Tom Brady it wasn't Bill Belichick like everybody like that argument that was out there right I wonder how much Evan this draft in particular if the if if they decide they need to move up and they need to get a guy and maybe they move all the way up to four maybe they move up to six or seven or somewhere in that range and they they go get Trey Lance or they go get Mac Jones um, or Justin Fields if he's not the third overall pick Um, do you believe they'll they'll be using Josh McDaniels and 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 maybe why I just for me from afar it seems like McDaniels has stayed he's being groomed eventually he's the heir apparent to to Bill Belichick. When that actually happens, I don't know, but I would assume if you're drafting a quarterback for the future and you're grooming Josh McDaniels, he's probably got to be a part of this process, right, of picking the next quarterback because you're going to want to make sure that you've got the thumbs up of the offensive coordinator that, yeah, this is a guy that I can build around if he's going to be the guy of the future. And if that's the case, you know, who do you think maybe fits best into what McDaniels wants to do? As we know, though, McDaniels can change what he does and who he is schematically based around the talents of the quarterback. And I think that's maybe his one really good quality as a play caller. Yeah, it really is. And last year, look, they had a do a crash course with yeah. Cam Newton, basically. Right. And he was still able to get a whole lot of option package type stuff in that offense and things that fit Cam Newton. It was actually pretty impressive in my mind that in a season where there was no training camp, really, no preseason games, we came out week one and Cam Newton ran the ball against Miami in that, in that win when everything was going great, I think 15 times, right? And, and you see a completely different offense from the Patriots. Now, in terms of McDaniels' involvement, I think he is heavily involved in the decision-making process he was at Mac Jones's second pro day at Alabama with Bill Belichick. There's that really uh, kind of picture that surfaced around social media of John Lynch, Kyle Shanahan, Bill Belichick, and Josh McDaniels talking right before Mac Jones's throwing session. So McDaniels was there. Then they uh, traveled to Columbus to Ohio State last week uh, to check out Justin Fields. Uh, Josh McDaniels went with the Patriots assistant director of player personnel, Dave Ziegler, who's basically the new Nick Casario. Uh, the two of those guys went to Columbus to watch Justin Fields throw. So I think Josh McDaniels is right in the middle of that quarterback discussion. And those are the two QBs, Mac Jones and Justin Fields, that the Patriots have done the most homework on. They did send a scout, Elliot Wolf to Trey Lance's pro day at North Dakota State. But everybody at this point, besides Bill Belichick with Justin Fields, has seen Fields and Mac Jones throw live at one of their pro day sessions. So that signals to you that if they're going to go quarterback in the first round, they're really thinking about one of those two guys. So I I think McDaniels is right there in the middle of all of this. And certainly with a guy like Justin Fields, 
you're not going to be a timing rhythm based yep. offense with Justin Fields under center. He's definitely more of that vertical pass and get him wants to hold the ball in the pocket and wait for things to develop down the field. So they're going to have to shift a little bit, but if you can get your hands on a quarterback that talented, yeah. then you do it every single day of the week and you worry about sort of the details of the offense later on. And I think that's sort of the thought process right now is we just need to get the guy with the most talent in the building and then we'll figure it out from there. Mac Jones definitely fits a little bit more of that traditional Patriots mold, a guy that can stand in the pocket, deliver with accuracy, get the ball out quickly. You know, those are things that the Patriots have always kind of put their hunger hat on with Tom Brady, but you're not going to be able to replicate Tom Brady. And I think that that's an important element to this is that the Patriots can't get too caught up in trying to find not necessarily the next Brady, but what I like to call Brady light, right? Mm -hmm. Just the guy Mm -hmm. that can do sort of the things that Brady has done successfully in his career. If you get too caught up in that, you're going to be chasing your tail for a long time because nobody's ever going to come in here and be a processor and be as quick with the ball as Tom Brady. So you're going to have to alter the offense a little bit to what guys are doing now. And I feel like Justin Fields, Mac Jones, uh, those two guys are really the best fits in the first round. If they're going to wait on quarterback, maybe somebody like Kellen Mond comes into the conversation uh, as an experienced starter in college, and they like some of those boxes that he checks in terms of the Parcells, old uh, quarterback boxes, you know, three-year starter, big-time conference, senior bowl MVP. Those are some things the Patriots have looked for in the past as well. Evan Lazar here joining us on the Wester Hotline. We're talking some of the Patriots' offseason moves, some of the draft potential, what the Patriots might be doing. And, and Evan, for me, I've, for a long time, maybe even dating back to like middle of last season, it felt like all along that the the guy that made the most sense to me was Mac Jones. And I think it's the, the connection between Belichick and Saban, that program and New England, and kind of the inside information that Belichick would likely be privy to that I'm sure, you know, I'm sure when you consider the, the relationship between Saban and Belichick, I'm sure there's things that Belichick knows about Mac Jones that is, maybe isn't widely known um, to other evaluators and scouts and, and head coaches and general managers across the league. It wouldn't surprise me at all. So if, if you are... Bill Belichick, and you're the Patriots, you probably have the most ammunition for a guy like Mac Jones. Tell me a little bit of why he makes a lot of sense for you guys. And when you look at that quarterback room behind Cam Newton, I think the one thing that you you talk about a Kellen Mond or you talk about, I don't know, any of the other third-tier players at the quarterback position in this draft, I don't know, I just it doesn't strike me as a move that would, would really sit well with Patriots fans. That, hey, you know, we know we need a quarterback, but we're going to wait till day two or we're going to wait till, you know, the, the third or fourth or fifth round to really address a position of need that... I don't, I don't want to say the Patriots roster is like a really good quarterback away, but their defense is really solid. I feel like if they've got a good young quarterback, this is a team that is being talked about as they're going to go up against the Bills. And I think right now with Cam Newton, even with the roster, I still feel like they're probably not going to see a lot of they're right there with the Bills. I think most people are sort of giving Miami the benefit of the doubt now. Right, yeah. I think that this roster with the Patriots, I mean, they went 7-9 and nine last year with all of the things going wrong for them. So... You look at what they did in the off season. I wouldn't say they're a quarterback away because these young quarterbacks, as you guys know, in Buffalo, oh, yeah. Josh Allen takes it, it, it takes a couple years, yep. right? It takes a couple years for them really to to, sit, to settle in. So maybe they're not a rookie quarterback away, but I, I feel like that's the best move for them moving forward. And you're 100 percent right. If they draft Kellen Mond on day two, especially if they draft Kellen Mond at like 46 with their second pick, 
people are not going to be happy about that here in New England. That's that's not going to do it for anybody here. With Mac Jones, though, to answer that part of the question, I think with him, it's a couple of different things. First of all, on the field, you have a really quick pocket passer that gets the ball out on time, a rhythm-based thrower, accurate to all three levels of the field, does a little thing as well in the pocket, right? You see some of those Tom Brady moves in the pocket. Not necessarily the most mobile guy, obviously, outside the pocket or as a runner, but he can make those little subtle adjustments in the pocket to avoid pressure and get the football out, do things like that. The other thing with Mac Jones that I think is really important for the Patriots is when the Alabama hired Bill O'Brien, former Patriots offensive coordinator Bill O'Brien, to be their offensive coordinator next season. Mac Jones is the one in the film room with the clicker teaching Bill O'Brien the Alabama offense, right? So this is a guy that's extremely cerebral, very smart player, and understood the ins and outs of the Alabama offense, basically just like a de facto coach after a couple of seasons in the system. So you talk about the smarts, you talk about the intelligence, and you talk about the winning culture and the mentality that he had from Alabama coming into New England. It makes a whole lot of sense and it aligns in a whole lot of ways. And and former offensive coordinator Charlie Weiss, uh, Patriots offensive coordinator, that is, who won the first three Super Bowls with New England, uh, he actually went on the radio a couple different times and said, Mac Jones is clearly the, the guy that fits the typical mold the best. So he, he's somebody that, like I said, has a little bit of those subtle pocket movement, accuracy from the pocket, timing from the pocket, uh, smartness you know, in the film room and in the playbook. It, it sounds a little bit like Brady Light, right? It sounds like some of the things that Brady brought to the table, and, and you can convince yourself that maybe Mac Jones can be Jimmy Garoppolo in this offense, right? I'm not going to say he's going to be Tom Brady because that would be crazy. So maybe like a Jimmy G hopefully a little bit more durable than what Jimmy Garoppolo brought to the table. And that's sort of why I can't believe that the 49ers would go Mac Jones at three, because I feel like his ceiling as a player when Jimmy's healthy, it's pretty much lines up in my mind. So I think it makes a whole lot more sense for the Patriots that maybe if Mac Jones slides a little bit, maybe he gets to 10, 11, you know, or in that range. And that was sort of the equation that Bill Belichick presented when we spoke to him last week was, okay, we're sitting at 15, a guy that we thought maybe would go six, seven, top six or seven picks, starts to slide a little bit. Maybe we trade up to 12. Maybe we trade up to 13 and jump a few teams in order to get our guy. And I could definitely see if the Niners pass on him at three, that Mac Jones could be that quarterback that starts to slide into the you know, 10, 11, 12 range. And maybe the Patriots make a small trade up. Are similar to what the Bills did to get Josh Allen, where you're not giving up what the Niners just gave up right. to move up 10 spots. You're giving up you know, a future pick or two, and you call it a day. So, Evan, I, I, the last thing I want to ask you about Mac Jones, and, and I want to ask you about, I think, a pretty common criticism I hear of him is, oh, well, it's really hard to evaluate a guy who sits behind you know, four first-round picks on the offensive line and is throwing to two first-round picks, a Heisman Trophy winner, and then handing it off to a guy that could potentially be a first-round pick. And I think, although that is a criticism, I think that's totally based in fact. I just don't know that, like, as someone who wants to watch the position, that I'm thinking about how good the players are around him. Of course, that has to play a factor, but I think it's a little unfair to say that all of his success um, in college is just due to how good everyone else was around him. Yeah, it's it's a fair criticism, and I also think the criticism of his of the just 
physical talent and the ability to create on second reaction plays, right? When the scheme doesn't work, what can Mac Jones do from there? Because he doesn't have the athleticism. He doesn't have that wow arm talent that a guy like a Justin Fields or a Trey Lance has. So what's going to happen when everything doesn't go well? But I think at the same time, with the Patriots in particular, they are such, they're a coaching staff that is so confident in their scheme right. and in their system and in their culture and in all those types of things that they look at it in a lot of ways and say, as long as the quarterback is pressing the right buttons, like if we're going to compare this to like Madden, as long as he's pressing X when he's supposed to press X, right, <laughs> then it doesn't really matter what else is going on. And, and I think that that's sort of how the Niners feel and Kyle Shanahan feels. I think that's how the Patriots feel a lot of the time, is that they are a well-oiled machine, and they are just need a cog in that machine. They don't need their quarterback to come in and be Brady. They don't need their quarterback to come in and be Aaron Rodgers. They just need somebody that is going to press the right buttons at the right time, and Mac Jones did that for Alabama. Whether he's throwing to open receivers all day or not, he got the ball in the hands of the open man and could put those players in a position to succeed, especially after the catch, right? You got a guy that throws with good timing and good accuracy. He's hitting Devontae Smith on the run. He's hitting Jalen Waddell, you know, leading him into the end zone. Those are things that the Patriots, I think, really harp on is, okay, you know, don't try to do more than your 111, right? Don't try to do too much. Be, do your job and do your thing, even at the quarterback position, and Mac Jones does do a lot of those things on his own that he just he's not going to make the offense worse, right? He's going to keep the offense on time and on schedule. And in the Patriot land, that that's a good thing. That that's what they want out of the QB. So I, I think that there is a lot of things pointing to Mac Jones, and we've sort of come off Mac Jones here locally and gotten onto Justin Fields a little bit just because of the talks about him possibly sliding, and he's just so over-talented that, you know, it's just kind of hard not to gravitate towards that. But maybe the guy all along is Matt Jones, who's been sort of the guy that we've been talking about since January. Now as we get closer to the draft, everybody's sort of falling in love with a guy like Justin Fields because of the talent. But maybe it ends up coming full circle and we get back to Matt Jones in a couple weeks. So, Evan, uh, if uh, for the Bills fans listening here that uh, want some good quality content, especially some good All-22 content uh, during the season so that they can keep their tabs on Patriot on, on the Patriots, tell the folks where they can find your work. Sure. Uh, you can find my work at EZLazar, L-A-Z-A-R, on Twitter and CLNSmedia.com and our CLNS Media YouTube channel, Patriots Press Pass. And uh, you can find it all there. And like you said, we do a lot of all 22 work, a lot of film study, a lot of analytical type of stuff. And, uh, we certainly get into the bills twice a year, and it's a lot of fun. So go ahead and check out uh, YouTube, especially Patriots Press Pass. Some of the best opposition research you can get uh, for the Patriots folks right here with Evan. So, Evan, we appreciate you, brother. Thank you so much for your time and for your uh, analysis. We really appreciate all your work. Um, and looking forward to having you on again as we uh, as we move closer to the regular season and, uh, and Patriots Week, of course. So looking forward to it, man. Thanks again.